0: I almost just fell out of this chair um Shawnee what's up (laughs) there we go there we go we're here we're here we're interacting
1: sorry Um, for that pause everybody I had to I had to think
0: that's okay we all know you farted um (laughs) so I just want to let you know this is our 30th motherfucking episode
1: wow three zero that's We've been doing this for more than half a year.
0: Absolutely.
1: If you've been listening to us for
0: more than half a year, I don't know why, but... (laughs) Um, I personally do. And uh, another thing within that is... Oh my God, Blue is really trying to figure out how to walk over this cord cord right now. Um, You got to go around. Well... There you go. oh, Oh, He said, fuck it. All right. So my main thing, though, is if you have been listening to us for 30 episodes, thank you bitch are you kidding me thank you so much glad you show up every week um my request is let's tell our friends tell a friend write us a review share Share. (laughs) we did not plan that that happened at the same time i'm maddie germs (laughs) and i'm sean and we're two queer babes talking about mental health pop culture whatever the hell else we want let's go three oh
1: talk slick all
0: up in my ear and shit <laughs> okay um, Shani I have a quick little sup slut um, question for you what is something that you are grateful for this week I think it's important to keep the gratitude in as the That's... darkness comes I know it may be hard but we gotta do it One what's thing, the question what's something you are <laughs> grateful for this week I woke up every
1: day this week that's about all that I got in me today.
0: Did you know that I'm grateful that you did too? <laughs> um, <laughs> I woke up and,
1: you know, it's here. I'm just, yeah. I'm living life. Maybe not the best wanting week. to lay in the bed all day. But yeah, I'm grateful that I woke up every day. That's all I got in me.
0: Um, I think that that is plenty. This darkness is fucking rude and so are men. Um, I, I am grateful for, um, I've been getting some really cool feedback at my internship i'm like seeing clients like one-on-one sort of well i have someone shadowing me as opposed to me shadowing them oh nice and i've just been getting some nice things said about my work and as someone who's never done this work before was hopeful about my ability to do this work but is getting good feedback about it 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 feels good despite the fact that it's dark at four thirty and I'm asleep by nine and I feel like I'm ninety two years old.
1: I seriously don't know how I'm gonna get through this winter. <laughs> I know. I it's what been two weeks of daylight savings time and I'm just uh-huh. like, oh no, this is
0: Oh no. This ends
1: in like two more weeks, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's why I keep telling myself.
0: Yeah. We'll be out of winter soy soon. You know, no one will ever even notice that it ever was cold or wet or dark. Um, anyway Um, oh, your TV's Reese, like Reese Witherspoon is staring at us And I, it caught me off guard, I'm sorry I don't like it Okay, um, <laughs> let's move to pop culture And, um, politics, etc., etc. And what about, it? um, some good news Um, Boosie got shot <laughs> um, You know, uh he was a little bitch about uh, <laughs> not knowing what happened with Megan and all that shit. He's fucking transphobic as shit. And I, I know- didn't know he
1: got shot. That's-
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, Boosie got shot in Dallas, I think. And all I'm saying is I'm not checking up on her. You know what I mean? All I bet right. Zara Wade is like throwing a party. <laughs> She's like, fuck Boosie. <laughs> oh, my God. Also, um, speaking of other transphobic people, Chimamanda... Ngozi Adiche. Look at you saying her name. I love her. I'm black and I don't know how to say her name. I mean, that's the thing is I was going to say that I love her because I really did like that first book that she kind of became... Famous for, I love the Beyonce quote, we teach ourselves to, to be smaller. You know, like, I love that Beyonce moment. Wait,
1: she said JK Rowling
0: made good points in her essay. She <laughs> has said transphobic shit before that I kind of was like, you know what? Cultural differences. Let's do some education Why? here. <laughs> and then out of nowhere, no one asked her opinion. She was like, you know what? Miss JK Rowling, she said some good stuff. And it was like, you know what, Miss Ngoze, you could have just sat the fuck you down. You could have just
1: sat there. You could have just sat down.
0: But oh. in. So. The benefit of the doubt around cultural differences has been removed. God damn it. I am done with her. I'm We're sorry. not there anymore. I'm, I don't see it for her. And you know who else I don't see it for? Miss Harry Styles. I'm happy that we got, you know, some motherfuckers in a dress. Yo, Harry Styles. Okay, listen to me.
1: At uh, the beginning, literally whatever am. this press right. <laughs> yeah, listen. All of phone, so yeah. you have no choice. <laughs> um, Harry Styles At the beginning of whatever this most recent album PR pushes, Uh I was like, all right, Harry, are you finally going to come out as just, like, queer? I don't need you to be gay. Just, like, you like queer things. Like, that's fine. Just say that much. But, you know, as the months have gone on, the more I'm just like, Harry Styles, I feel like you might be, what's the word, appropriating queer culture to, like, hype yourself up as an artist and... Now I'm not here for it. It's like
0: I don't need you talking about dresses or why you like wear them. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's so I'm of two minds of this, right? That is absolutely a mind that I have around it. Like mm-hmm. it's a little bit like this feels queer baiting. That's that's the term I like to use for stuff like there that. There we go, queer baiting. And I love. I genuinely love. It is a good thing for everyone for masculinity to look different it is it doesn't have to look like one thing. I love a soft boy, but I'm tired of seeing things on Twitter like reposts of these like, you know, TikTok boys in dresses who fuck girls and they wear dresses and then it's like, "Why don't men wear like this?" It's like, "Because people get murdered, you dumb fuck." Yeah. Like literally more quote men would wear dresses if like there wasn't this deep violent masculinity underpinning it all. So, in is there something cool about a male artist who says that they're straight, like having the sort of spread in a field with dresses, like sort of like cottage core or something or other. I don't know. Sure, my thing though. Jaden like Smith already did that. To me. Yep, and Jaden Smith did this years ago, and everyone called him weird and like yeah. was like fuck you privilege. Who's that fucking? Um, he had the album on the cover, and he look he's like standing like this. slum thug. Okay young slim thug young thug thug. (laughs) (laughs) he he is (laughs) slender i was thinking about how skinny he was you are skinty 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 that's my fault please don't take but i just like from me i i I think um also okay when that like tiny little war twink does it what's his name chalamet timothy chalamet (laughs) he's in in that dunkirk movie (laughs) (laughs) timothy chalamet is not in dunkirk are you sure no, he's in
1: all those other movies.
0: He was in another movie about the war. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, maybe Harry Styles Harry is in, in Dunkirk. Full <laughs> anyway, circle moment. All the war twinks. They can moment. wear dresses. All the war twins.
1: I just think... Um, Who are also always white.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just... I think it's cool that there is more gender expression. I'm just tired of these, quote, straight men getting the uh, celebration of that. That, like, being... Straight white men. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: You're right. Young did th- the same fucking thing, and I he literally got chewed the fuck out for it. But Harry Styles does it, and suddenly we're all enamored with it. I... That just goes to show y'all have issues with a black man expressing any sort of femininity. Right. You need your black man to be strong or masculine. Or well, because you
0: get all those pastors that are like, the white people are like emasculating all of our black men. But then you
1: also get like white boys who just want to fetishize black boys and they need them to be like this masculine, strong, gorilla thing. And it's like, get the fuck out of my face.
0: Yeah, no, it's disgusting. And I'm not saying Harry Styles is disgusting. I'm saying, or even that him wearing a dress is disgusting. I'm, I'm literally in a dress right now. I'm saying that I'm tired of seeing these white straight men get all the praise for breaking gender boundaries. And it's like, Literally untrue. <laughs> like the people who've been quote making gender boundaries to make Harry Styles feel comfortable enough to fucking be in a field in a dress are often discarded many of them dead
1: i'm gonna say this and y'all not gonna like it but if you're white doing anything it's not courageous and i don't find it to be pioneering Woo! at all period so you can feel good about yourself but like i don't feel I'm, good not about I'm, I'm not applauding i'm not applauding it like thank you for doing the bare minimum and yeah. getting praised for it when there are black people doing the same thing and doing it before any of y'all yeah. are and literally getting chewed out and like and better doing it before you guys are doing it and better than you're doing it literally every single one of y'all yeah and still not getting the respect or attention they like that they deserve but instead okay. we want to hype up white boys who yeah. fit within this box of attraction for white people or for whatever
0: yeah getting all the praise and getting all the hype for it i'm tired of it and i find his like tiny little he's hes like got some muscle on him he's got some like cool and ugly tattoos I love that he's brave enough to have ugly tattoos that's what he's brave for um, I will say that I do think it was a young black man who shot him um, the pictures I mean <laughs> <laughs> oh, <my. laughs> I think my face dropped I was like "Boothy shot Harry Styles <laughs>
1: <laughs> you were talking about a headline <laughs> Oh you my have the god. headline to wrap up all headlines of 2020 oh Harry Styles shot Boosie. I would <laughs> I would be torn. I'd be honestly torn. I wouldn't know what to do. I'd support
0: Harry Styles at that point. Um I just well, nope. I mean there's some racist stuff See? there. I know. It's torn. Hard. Torn. Um but uh so I do want to say like potentially the artistry of it is a like a black vision, which I think is cool. I just like I'm tired of y'all thirsting over Harry Styles. It's like annoying, especially when Especially when data from the Trans Day of Remembrance came out, because I think this is the Trans Remembrance Week, starts today when we're recording, and then Trans Day of Remembrance is on the 20th. Um, I just kind of want to spout this off because this is why I'm fucking mad about this, right? Like, 350 trans and gender diverse people were murdered in uh, 2020, 6% more. Then in 2019, 98% of those murdered globally were trans women or trans feminine people. 62% of murdered trans people whose occupation is known as sex workers, people of color, make up 79% of the people murdered in the USA. 11 trans people were murdered in Europe. 50% of those were migrants. 82% of all The murders registered happened to Central and South America, 43% in Brazil. And the average age of those murdered is 31 years old, the youngest being 15 years old. Transphobia is not a fucking joke. It kills people. Period.
1: Like that? Period. That's insane. Like.
0: And I I would love to take more time to like really spend more space and also call ourselves out for not having a trans guest on yet. I think that that has been a call that we've made and it's in progress. If you're trans listening and would love to come talk to us, we want to talk to you and, 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 People like Boosie and Chimamande and J.K. Rowling and fucking praising Harry Styles when these people are getting murdered and not celebrating these people. It's disgusting. It's gross. We have to do better. Yeah. We have to do better.
1: I feel like I learned, and this is this is terrible in and of itself, but I learned of Transgender uh, Day of Remembrance after it happened, mm-hmm. and then it was, like, the week, and I still learned of it, like, on the tail end of the week, and then I was sort of like... Okay, well, this is like an issue in and of itself that this day or week doesn't get the sort of visibility that it needs. And honestly, at this point, I'm like, it doesn't need to be a day or a week. It needs to be a month. Give. It needs to be a full a full fucking year at this point with the number of
0: transgender people that have died is insane. We just have to do better. Um, And, you know. I don't know. I don't know how to pivot exactly. Uh, let's Make talk a hard about some, pivot, it's fine. Yeah. Politics. Um, coronavirus shutdown. No stimulus package. Upcoming. Uh, Governor Brown, we've got, like, another hard shutdown for most of Oregon is two weeks. We... Multnomah County will have four weeks. I think Kings County, Seattle is doing something similar. I'm all for it. I think I even said a couple episodes ago, where's the next set, shutdown? Like, yeah. I am... <clears throat> I think it's gross that we are not having a rent freeze with these other freezes. I think it's disgusting that uh Democrats are doing their best to try and figure out how to appeal to Republicans at this point. It's like, "We won. Act like winners." Like act like winners. <laughs> like why? <laughs> it's so fucking annoying. I just
1: I just don't understand how people are people are still dying, y'all. Yep. Like people are dying and And we are spending our time arguing about which political party can control the funds to do what and can shut down this and shut down that. Like you guys, people are dying and i don't care about your opinion i don't care about how you feel about masks i don't care if it's hard for you to breathe with the fucking mask on yeah. people are dying your little inconvenience does not mean more than that i don't care what your therapist told you either like yeah. if that's the case like if it's a minor inconvenience for you people are dying is one of those situations where like your feelings don't matter people are
0: dying yeah.
1: <laughs> like period that is what it is.
0: I mean, there was just, they were finally able to do some contract tracing. There was like this wedding of like 115 people back in August. One person showed up with coronavirus, about like 20 something. I don't know the number. I'm, that's a, the next number that I'm about to say is wrong. A certain number of people then got infected, which was like from this one person at this thing. And then seven people died. None of the people that died attended the wedding. <laughs> So that's what we're saying is that like we always have to be in consideration of the people that we will never meet or see or potentially, quote, care about. And I know it's hard because we live in America and we're taught growing up to not give a shit about the
1: person sitting next to you. It's just it is what it is. But like this again is one of those times where you have to you sort of have to be a compassionate. You know what? You don't even got to be compassionate. You just have to be a, a fucking
0: decent, capable human being. You know what? I don't even care if you're those things. Wear a mask and just do just do what you're told. You can be a terrible <laughs> human. Honestly, <laughs> you, can you can be, be a complete fucking told. <sighs> trash. Just do what you're told. Yep. <laughs> and I'm not always going to be that way about like government mandates and stuff but like the I don't know whatever I just the fact that Trump is also essentially like holding hostage money as he's this big giant loser to what use this money on lawsuits that are bullshit I think I posted about this the other day but there's this podcast called What a Day it's like a 20 minute like little news bite leftist leaning sort of but um they oh my god blue (laughs) he just let out the biggest (laughs) sigh he was like talking about podcasts on a podcast yuck Um, (laughs) uh, um, (laughs) but it's like for me i don't like all the like daily news bites i find them a little like uh annoying this one for some reason doesn't annoy me and they just had on recently i think it was from friday the what is today maybe the 10th um where it kind of broke down What is happening with the Trump lawsuits and what's happening in this like kind of post-election thing and essentially just lays out all the bullshit and the fact that it doesn't really stand on any legs. But I found all the news that I was trying to consume about what the fuck the Trump team and the Republicans are even arguing, Mm. even though it's dumb. Like I know it's dumb and they don't have a chance. I'm still like couldn't figure out what they were arguing. It explains it really well. I'm not going to go into it, but it's just like... Trump's a loser. I love that. And he's continuing to lose. He's like looking more and more sad every day. I want to see him fully break as a human being. Today was the first
1: day that he admitted that he lost, but kind of in like a
0: roundabout way. He was like, I maybe like didn't win the biggest.
1: Yeah, he said like I didn't. I didn't w- hear it. He was like I didn't win the election. Oh. Blah 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 blah. But Joe Wy- Joe Biden, the second, the third, and he like backtracked it later when people called him out about oh it. God. But it's like, oh, you guys shouldn't have called him out because he was literally he was right on the way. There. He was on the way.
0: <laughs> um, another loser. The weekend is headlighting the Super Bowl. All right, I just. You know, y'all
1: were already, it was already a very, 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 like, what it's It's hard for me to watch the Super Bowl anyways. The only sure. reason I am there is for that halftime show.
0: That yeah. is it. They gave us Beyonce, but they put him up with that, like, tiny, annoying man, Bruno Mars.
1: Yeah. That was, like, <laughs> yeah. what a sad, Remember sad... Remember that time it was Bruno Mars and
0: Coldplay? Did you know I did not watch Beyonce. that? Beyonce. The I'm... only reason I
1: watched is because Beyonce was dropping formation and was just like, "Oh, you gonna catch this?" Well, I watched single? that part and then I closed my
0: laptop. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like I'm just gonna intrude on everybody else's halftime to let you know that I'm dropping a single tomorrow. So just... get into it. But anyways, I
0: mean, the weekend. I get that straight people love him, but I don't get that straight people
1: like him. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get anything the weekend related.
0: Post besides. <laughs> <laughs> that I understand. Sorry, anything well, else I don't. Do we but, need Alley bleep this out? <laughs> <laughs> no, I
1: just guess what? I just I won't be watching the Super Bowl this year. Nah. That's it's that simple. And I'm gonna let you straight people know it's the first time I'm not watching the Super Bowl, probably since the day I was born. Oh, good for you. I know, it's a big deal. <laughs> it's a big deal because I care so much about sports. I don't. I care about the halftime show, but you've ruined it for me. With the weekend? Really? You're gonna give me Beyonce Katy Perry. Beyonce, who was next? Beyonce, (laughs) then J-Lo and Shakira. Yeah. And then follow that up with The The Weeknd. Fuck out of here. I'm not tuning in.
0: Yeah, men are trash. Uh, Although, (laughs) I do really like this 2 Chainz song. I haven't heard the new album, but... 2 Chains. Honestly. Titty Boy? Titty Boy is my...
1: (laughs) I just want to be him when I grow up, I think. I... You know, I could see that for you. I could too. He's he's entering this stage in his career and his life where I mean, he's older. I mean, he reinvented himself at eighty two. Yeah, can too. we yeah. can all reinvent ourselves. <laughs> but also, he's entering this stage where I feel like he's turning into like an uncle, like <laughs> sort of what Snoop Dogg did. Where I'm like, all right, you're not somebody people are like lusting after. Not that I was ever lusting after Two Chains, but your your form of rap is sort of he's w- kind of cute.
0: He I
1: cuter than snoop dog i'll let you have that i mean i'm not <laughs> i mean yeah okay. cuter than snoop dog snoop Dogg like now snoop dog back in the day though was like kind of like could get it now snoop okay. dog is like ew i would never but
0: like, yeah he's moved past uncle into yeah, like old head a little bit old head yeah. i
1: feel like two changes moving into like uncle status and okay. then we'll get there and it was only because of that video we watched today
0: yeah the quarantine thick with uh, no no the miss lotto one. The other one, Miss Lotto. Uh, Miss Lotto. I'm happy that
1: you have stuck.
0: There. I um put in the uh episode outlines um two little asterisks so that I you would. You got to take that moo out, <laughs> bitch. I'm a cow. <laughs> um no, no,
1: what is that one with uh It's the new one where he said something about Kanye or Lil Wayne or somebody.
0: Oh, and he's like singing in the way. Yeah,
1: it's cute. It's it's cute, but it's also very like Uncle Saddis. I'm here for it. I like two chains. This is not a diss at all. This is no shade. I. Want Two Chains to continue on the trajectory that he has going. Yeah. And he's come a long way. I mean, I know him as Titty Boy from when I lived in Atlanta, <laughs> and now he's Two, Ch- 2 Chains doing songs with Lotto.
0: I feel like Snoop Dogg entered. I mean, we know I wasn't allowed to listen to music, but also <laughs> I feel like kind of came back into like fame again mm-hmm. with that Pharrell song. Pharrell can bring anybody back into fame, I've learned. I think he's it's losing like that annoying. touch a little bit. It's almost like, like I the can... Pharrell songs on the Ariana album are always my least favorite. Mm. I don't. I think, I think that the groove he got into of that thing, it's like, it's like if someone got a Timbaland song now. It's like, I mean, oh. I know it's Timbaland. Yeah. Well, I think, don't quote me because I may be wrong. Okay. But I
1: feel like when we were younger, when um, Pharrell and the Neptunes were like an NERD, were like the thing. Um I remember I feel like Christina Aguilera said something where she was like, I will never work with the Neptunes or like Pharrell. Why? And I remember at the time being like, Bitch, that's your loss. But then now as an adult, hearing how she backed it up, it was You can always tell those beats so distinctively that I don't want to work with somebody that, like, right off jump, you don't even notice me, you notice the producer. And I was like, that makes sense. Like, I can always tell a Pharrell song, and it's almost working
0: against him now,
1: where I'm like, this is a Pharrell song, I don't want to hear this. It's going to sound like every fucking
0: thing else from Pharrell. Yeah. I have not enjoyed a song that's, like, been pushed by him in the last five years. Like, any... Like I just I don't get it I don't like it And um, I mean and according to But Kalees, I'm also not gonna sh- agree With Christine Aguilera like No I mean don't do that <laughs>
1: <laughs> But I mean according to Khalees he's also trash So Police Khalees Oh yeah Yes <laughs> But Pharrell I love Khalees Right um, Khalees was like That was some shady shit When he was producing music For me yeah. And yeah. how he sort of Takes recognition for things But doesn't
0: And like never really Paid, paid her for yeah. everything Yeah So
1: that made me sort of like Well
0: Pharrell you might make hits But that doesn't make Deserves okay. Khalees deserves better. Khalees deserves better. Khalees always deserved better. We've got, we got that new Megan The Stallion cover and the new album coming out this Friday. And here I was thinking this whole time we already had a debut album from <laughs> Megan
1: The Stallion. No, I she's doing like, that thing what? where she's
0: always like, it's all the mi- mixtapes or like, it was, you know, whatever. Uh, yeah,
1: it was all, what's the difference between an EP and an LP?
0: Number of songs. Okay.
1: They were all like EPs. Mm-hmm. I got that right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I learned something new about Megan Thee Stallion this week, and I didn't think there was anything left to learn.
0: Yeah, I mean, the new cover looks great. I'm excited to hear the music. We got a Miley album coming out the week after that. I know you don't care about that, but listen, I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna, um, we will talk about it when it comes out. Just we to will. Let you know. I will. I will yourself. honestly It'll be disappear from
1: the podcast for five minutes precisely okay. to give. Maggie I can <laughs> monologue about Miley. That's a <laughs> <amazing. to> monologue <laughs> about the Miley Cyrus album, yep. and then I'll come back.
0: Okay. Um, I'm gonna tell you a story, okay? So two nights ago, three nights ago, I f- because it's dark, I fell asleep at like seven o'clock.
1: Oh, I've been doing that a lot.
0: Like seven or eight o'clock, and then, of course, you know, I'm awake at three o'clock. Yeah, I'm wide, just, like uh, like wired. wide fucking awake, <laughs> and it's storming so hard. So it's like, oh, I'm not like scared or anything, but like my dog's roaming around because she's scared, and then it's raining so fucking hard. I'm like, fine, I'm just gonna like hit a bowl a little bit, get a little stony. Put on some movie that I fell asleep to, and hopefully I can fall asleep again, and I'll wake up at like seven or eight when I need to. Okay, it's not working, so I was like, "Fine, I'll get on my phone." I see Lil Nas X has a new song. Oh God! Okay, so it's three o'clock in the morning, and I like Spencer's like trying to sleep next to me, and I'm like, I need to listen to
1: this. Is right this now. why that text came in so early?
0: Well, I refrained from texting you guys until 7.30. (laughs) But I had this experience at 3 o'clock in the morning where I go find my AirPods. I put one in. I listen and watch this song, Lost Sex, Holiday. Listen, I wept. I am in my bed weeping. And I know it's ridiculous, right? Like, this person has this, like, stupid fucking song. But this, like, faggot barb troll, like has gotten had the number 1 longest number running number 1 song. And while people might feel some type of way about Old Town Road, I have been a fan since day one. Like the minute I heard that remix, I was like this is my favorite song. <laughs> like I love this song. I remember I posted some stupid video about it and everyone was like what song is this? And then they heard it for the rest of the year and were like can't believe you stand this and I'm like, well, I just do. And I think um Maybe there's something to be said around, you know, his gimmick. But I love this new song because not only is this thing that has millions of dollars put pushed behind it. I mean, it's the coolest music video of the year in some ways. In my opinion, like, it looks like fucking money was put into it. Like, it looks expensive. Like, what music videos have you seen this year that look like that? No god, Rain On Me.
1: <laughs> How did you read my mind just? Because I was literally like, about to say random. That on was me. the one thing
0: we talked about. that was like, well, Gaga finally got money, and it's like the money was spent on Robert, Robert oh my Rodriguez. God.
1: They filmed in some fucking yeah. studio. Like Robert Rodriguez is a great. The wait, did he actually direct that?
0: I think so. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Spy Kids. Um. <laughs> oh my God, it was Spy Kids. That, all of that was very Spy, Spy Kids. kids. Okay, so but did not Holiday. To... Did... I'm not. What
1: Holiday looked very Spy
0: Kids. It looked more to me like or Polar Express. Uh, like Wreck It Ralph or like Rubber Zemeckis. Um. Shark Boy and Lava Girl. <laughs> yeah. But he just, like, he just comes out the gate and it's like, listen, y'all. You were kind of confused. Halloween, I dressed up as Nick- Nicki Minaj. Titties out. I am a gay black man. I'm hot as shit. And I got the number one song. And you can't do any fucking thing about it.
1: Maddie, there are things that I have learned to just, I don't even broach with you. I one just, of those things is, is Lil, Lil Nas. Nas. <laughs> Another thing on that list is Dolly Parton. Well, that I mean, but that's Another thing on that list is
0: Miley Cyrus. Okay, I mean, I don't <laughs> think you want to argue on our 30th episode. I'm just saying I do. I want conflict so bad. Okay, right now. well, 31, <laughs> we'll see. Um what am I saying? Gay men, gay people go so fucking hard. They do. For some woman who panders to us. Oh. We fucking have a queer black kid with the potential to have a number one song again Mm -hmm. and it's like it's not a shit song it's even less of a troll song than Old Town Row was it is
1: it's a legit it's an actual
0: song it's a fucking bop it's fun like and if Megan Asallion had sang some of the same lyrics we would all be like yes Megan like yes line yes like maybe I need to listen to the actual lyrics like it's like fucking and he comes out and he's like listen All right. so I played a little, little gimmick I got a number one by sort of like Breaking the rules. And I don't feel bad about it. No fucking rapper brought me up and allowed me to get the number one. I kicked those motherfucking doors down. Yeah. And we've also never had any, like, real out queer person. We have had queer people in the top 10. They have not been out when they did it. Mm. And for the first one to be a black one, that's cool. Well, I mean... Okay, you say that, but what we just had a conversation about earlier is they never get the recognition. I know. And so I'm saying, like, I think it's fucking cool. And I also think the song's good. Whatever. But I'm just saying, if you fucking go up for Mariah and Ariana and Gaga and all these fucking people who pander to us, but you can't fucking spin Lil Nas X on mute just to get them that... Like, fuck you. Like, <laughs> fuck you. I...
1: I've listened to the song three times now, even though I think it is just a song. But I am giving him his views and his streams. I think that's There's great. I care about the betterment.
0: Of black people. I uh, uh, agree. Okay, that we don't can. Uh, black, but, when no, I, say I know. That. I know. I just.
1: I think it is. You don't love it And that's fine I am am happy for Lil Nas X And that's what I'm saying I I can say that much Like I am genuinely Very happy for this child And like Want him to keep Doing this thing It is I will say Not for me But it is not Not everything is meant for me Not everything is meant for you
0: It's literally for children I mean that's (laughs) the other thing Is that like As much fun as I'm having With supporting this person I also feel like Well we we said aunt In my house But like You know I feel like This auntie of this person Like I feel like my little nephew is killing right. it, and I'm yeah. like, "Yes, here yeah, yeah, yeah. go!" Like, that's I mean, what it feels like. It
1: feels I don't like understand what's
0: going on, but you I know my love my little cousin
1: it. being gay as shit all yes. over TV, yes. and I support it. But yes, it's, I don't. It's not for me. Yeah, but like, I'm here for it.
0: I mean, it's kind of how I feel about Billy Eilish. Sometimes I'm like, I. Wait, oh, yeah, she had a new song that came out too that I have not listened to. I okay. listened to it once. It's fine. I didn't listen is to it enough to talk about it. Probably is all, s-
1: well, all her songs are slow,
0: right? Yeah, but I mean, it's it's like sh- you're a beautiful singer, and I love that you refuse to be sort of like sexualized in the way that all these other kids are. Yeah. So for that reason, love you, little girl. But you're also for children. I don't know what I'm talking about. You're awful. F- yeah, you're for like, 15 year olds that don't have their emotions figured out. I mean, f- like speaking of 15 year olds that never got to get their emotions figured Me? out. How you doing? (laughs) (laughs) I'm laughing through the tears. (laughs) Uh, Well, so is Britney Spears, because her fucking dad still has control over her. She was denied, like, out of her conservatorship. And I think we've touched on this a little bit before, but I just... The only reason I want to talk about it is because I think people can look at Britney Spears and they're like, well, there's obviously, quote, something wrong there. The problem is conservatorship um, deprives people of their autonomy and while we have this sort of famous person who used to be even more famous and like all of these things um there are disabled people who all the time get their rights taken away from them and have conservatorships and they are not able to make legal decisions for themselves ever ever like legally britney spears cannot consent to being married there's blurred lines on if she actually has legal consent to sex like The message of conservatorships, um, this article from NBC News says, like, people who are deemed disabled aren't allowed to behave like full persons because we don't believe that we can trust people with their own stuff. That doesn't mean that people should not be surrounded by people that love. That doesn't mean that people shouldn't, like, especially people so grown up out of the touch of, like, what it is to be a person alive in this country. Like, you add some mental illness and you add some fucking like being this martyr girl of what paparazzo stuff is, like I just think it's so sad and like yes, there's lots of funny stuff that has come out of Britney Spears. <laughs> I mean, it's been funny to like like the gym burning down thing was hilarious. Yeah. Like What isn't funny, though, is a father who she she names as abusive, who her two kids have um, fucking uh, restraining orders on, has control over her life. And technically, it's like his lawyers. It's not him. He was removed from the conservatorship, but she is trying to have legal representation to represent herself. And she's never she's not going to be able to do that. She's consistently denied that in court because legally nothing has changed. The only thing that has changed is her emotions around everything, and I just, I think it's fucking sad, and it makes me, I don't know, I just, I find it awful, and I think we should, we need to have a bigger conversation around mental health in this country and what it means to have autonomy. Um, do you like Killing Eve? (laughs) What a pivot I didn't have much to say About
1: the conservatorship I'm sorry It's, it's okay <clears throat> I don't know much about it Or how it works Or anything about that It's also something That I will probably Never understand For the rest of my life Because it's not something I've ever had to come In contact with Sure So That's just my two cents <laughs> But um, Killing Eve She um, She's a good show I like her
0: I love her I Hadn't seen Season 3 yet I think it just got Put on Hulu Which like oh, Still yeah. Worst streaming platform Hate it um speaking of which there's this new commercial right now and I've seen it because I've been watching Killing Eve season 3 where it's Marion Cotillard for Chanel number no. 5 and she's singing this lord song and it's bad <laughs> She's singing it bad on purpose The way the singing is bad or the commercial is bad? It's all bad. It's okay. a terrible commercial. Okay. And Marion Cotillard is like. Eh, 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 la, la, la. I love Marion Cotillard because I, mean, I, I can I did envision too.
1: it right now. And I'm like, that's exactly what I would expect. I thought I loved her
0: too. <laughs> and I am telling you, it's the most annoying commercial that I've ever seen. Probably not true, but right now it is. Right now it is. Anyway. She was Killing in, um,
1: I watched. What? Last night I was in a mood. We'll get into that in a little bit. Um, and I decided to watch Doolittle, the movie with Robert Town- Robert Downey Jr. as playing oh. Dr. Doolittle. And it did terribly in the theaters. Like, yeah. It like bombed. I and mean, I was... Eddie Murphy just did that. <laughs> he didn't just do it. It but feels like, that way. Yeah. I mean, Kyra Pratt just did it. But anyways. Kyla? Kyla. Kyla, Kyla Pratt. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, I watched it because I was bored. Um and Marion Miriam Cotliard is in that. She plays a fox. That's it. it like, like she voices a fox yeah. or
0: she's like a hot lady.
1: <laughs> she is it's like that thing where they put her face on a fox. Yeah. I'm joking, that's not what it is. Oh. But could you imagine? Yes, I can. <laughs> no, it's just her voice on a CGI fox. Okay. Playing like a French sexy fox. I mean, Riding on top of a giraffe played by Selena Gomez. And I mean, voiced by Selena Gomez. Mm-hmm. Along with. A I mean, it parrot, also... A parrot, voiced by, I think it's Emma Thompson. Okay. Also, Tom Holland is in there somewhere. There's a lot of voices that don't make sense. That's it. I'm sorry. All right. To I will absolutely never watch don't that. Don't watch movie. it. Um, I did it for everybody. Don't watch it. But <laughs> thank you. Thank you for your <laughs> sacrifice. Oh my God.
0: <laughs> <is> war Twink. <laughs> that's me oh my god no (laughs) shut up okay what the fuck was I even talking about oh Killing Eve okay all I'm gonna say really is like if you've never seen Killing Eve it's fucking great if you love lesbians if you love fashion if you love cities I just am saying I don't know why anyone would ever watch Emily in Paris when you could watch Killing Eve
1: What Emily in Paris is so good though
0: Sean what (laughs)
1: In the worst way possible. Okay.
0: I I might leave. Truly. I watched one episode and was like, this is the most embarrassing thing <laughs> oh that I've ever god, seen. It's so bad.
1: Emily and Paris is so bad. It hurt you my feelings. You should absolutely watch Killing Eve instead of Emily and Paris, but also you
0: should watch Emily and It Paris. got renewed for a second. <laughs> it no. did,
1: and I'm excited. Oh my
0: god, girl. I, I'm. It's, I'm... The, it's like the bomb you need when you have just... Had it, my my <laughs> blood is literally boiling. I hate that show so much. I don't understand it. You have often. to let yourself just go
1: with it. it makes I tried. No sense. I tried. It I saw no a trailer sense. and I had all those
0: feelings <laughs> that you're describing. I was like, oh my god, I've had it. I'm gonna put the show on. And the whole time, my body was like tight, like yeah. I was just like so angry. I was angry the with entire 30s Thirty minutes of that show, I was just like, "This is the most embarrassing thing." Did you watch the seen. whole
1: season or just the first? Just episode?
0: the first show, but it felt like nine years, and I couldn't. I did. I like it. I like. I was like, "Oh my god!" You probably shouldn't have finished it. You're just gonna hate her. More. No, I. I By the
1: end of it, you're just like, "This bitch, really? This bitch?" Right. <laughs> but like, also, you're like, "Yeah, she didn't deserve any of that." But
0: I mean, you know, sometimes terrible people deserve good things. I guess. Killing Eve just has the best. <laughs> fashion of any tv show right now like it is the fashion it is are you kidding me it's gorgeous villanelle walks around in different I cities and just like yeah and especially she after the first it. season where they were like wow the fashion's good they then were like it's like in schitt's creek like as the show went on yeah. the set stayed still three different rooms but then they like elevated had, like literally yeah. like couture every yeah. single episode this is kind of well, this feels expensive, but
1: I got halfway through the second season, and then there was that thing where, like, I think everybody was pumping out like content when the second season came oh. out, and I was just like, I have to put this on pause to watch sure. twenty other things, and then I never came back to it. But now that you're mentioning it, I should go back to it. I do that I a lot. enjoyed it a lot. Like it's a it is a fantastic show. Yeah,
0: and I will say I think season two is kind of the weakest part of it. I feel uh-huh. like season three brought it back up. Okay. In my opinion, but okay. it also could just be that it's been like two years since I saw season two and I don't remember. Yeah. I remember feeling though that season two was not as good as season one. I think a writer changed in there because I think Phoebe Waller-Bridge from Fleabag was a writer on season one, but then she left to go do Fleabag.
1: That makes sense.
0: And then, so season two, I think went down a little, the tone changes a little but mm-hmm. I feel like season three, maybe it's the same. I don't know, but, or it just is, there's pretty enough fashions. I don't care that it's not great. So, yeah. <laughs> but anyway... Um, I'll just say Two more things Yeah One There's a Waiting to Exhale
1: TV series happening Terry McMillan Has Confirmed it I don't know what Network it's coming on But I'm obsessed With it already And want it to happen As long as it's not on BET Because that I can't support Well no one will watch it But it would have to be Produced by Tyler Perry Which is an issue Mm. Could you imagine A Waiting to Exhale Produced by Tyler Perry unfortunately yes but i don't want to i don't want to bring that into existence good let's not let's not manifest it second thing before we head into our <clears throat> the work session this is just my two cents this is not necessarily a uh, belief of the entire podcast but yo men are trash sure. and i just want you to know that if you are a guy out there and you are using any any sort of it's not you it's me i have to work on my shit. it's about me doing like getting my shit together before whatever whatever lose it it is honestly and i'm gonna go on a bit of a rant the weakest thing you can say
0: to somebody Mm.
1: just own your shit like if it's really that then
0: just say what it really is like just what do you mean like so if it is really so i am dating you and i am i'm fucked up and I'm like, well one I we, would say we just don't, don't date. Uh, if okay. You, if okay, you are okay. if you are aware of the fact that you are not
1: you do not have your shit don't together, date. you don't understand yourself, there's still a lot of shit you're figuring mm-hmm. out for yourself, then don't date. Stop wasting people's time. It's That's that someone that who
0: should just like get sex where they can and then leave it at that.
1: And then just and say that up front too. I
0: agree. Just I say think there's anything I don't have wrong my with that. shit
1: together. I am just trying to get a nut because yeah. I am lonely, whatever, whatever. That's honest. That's fine. That's honest. That's fine. Yeah. I'm not going to judge you for that. And if I apologize, if people have judged you for saying that in the fact that that's yeah. if that's the only thing that you want, you should not feel like that isn't a thing you can say. Yeah. I always respect people that can just own up to the fact I'm just in it for the nut. Yeah. good great now we don't gotta get feelings
0: involved Yep. let's just fucking get it over or with or I can make the choice like actually I'm I'm interested in dating so like I hope you get the nut like I'll yeah. see you later there we go I getcha but like the, if you know the, the specific line of it's not you it's me drives crazy I guess crazy. long story
1: short if you were dating and don't know don't know at all what you're trying to get out of it you probably shouldn't be dating it's just that simple that's mm-hmm. like that's that's like me applying to a job and not even knowing if it's what I want to be doing or if it's even in the realm of my passion. I'm just going to apply to it. And then when I get it, like maybe I'll do it for a little bit and then fucking hate it. And two weeks later, be like, okay, I'm going to quit. That is a waste of everybody's time, resources, energy, money. I mean, not money for me, but like it's a waste of time. And I mean, I'm saying this right now because I had an experience that rubbed me the wrong way and it's an experience that I've had a few times now and I just have to say it at this point. Stop using that line. Just stop. Find something better to say. Even if you gotta lie, just like find something else. Saying it's not you, it's me has got to be one of the most played out cliche things I've heard in my entire life. Like, just say what it is. If it is actually me, then just say what that's about. If the head I gave you was terrible, <laughs> just say that. Like, it's fine. How am I going to get good at giving head if you don't if tell you can give me feedback? Yeah. And also, if it's truly that like, oh, I'm dating, but I'm not ready for a relationship. I'm just trying to do something casual again because like, I'm just lonely and want another person around. But I'm afraid of commitment. But I'm sorry. You just have to, You have, you're going to have to learn to say that to people. Yeah. Like, you're wasting people's time you just are and that's one thing that at the end of the day i don't get down with because that shows me that there's a lack of respect and at that point it's disrespect like if you are wasting my time i look at it as complete disrespect there's no other way to paint that picture bless you blue there's no other way to paint that picture there's no way for me to feel sorry about you because or feel sorry for you because oh like i have all this stuff going on on my side of the i don't give a fuck about that like i'm worried about myself so like, if you want me to feel bad because you're getting over your ex or because you don't know what the next step in life is for you, or because you just don't, you want your money to be get, be together more, or you're trying to figure out like what your next apartment is, then how about this? Don't date because that's the excuse you're going to use for anybody. So like, just get your shit together. Stop saying that. Stop dating people and then saying, I I just need to figure my stuff out. You should have had it figured out before you started dating people. But even more so, I'm gonna take it a step further. You're a human being. You are a human. Guess what? Guess what, everybody out there? You are never gonna have your shit figured out. Mm. Look at your parents. (laughs) Look at older people in your life. Is their shit figured out? Absolutely not. There's no such thing as a person having their shit figured out. So if you are trying to say that you want to have your shit figured out before you do anything in life, whether that's dating, whether that's moving, whether it's doing XYZ, I'm sorry to break it to you. Life is a messy, messy, sometimes terrible thing that none of us want to do. You cannot wait until you have X, Y, Z figured out before you take the plunge into something. Yeah. If that's the case, you're going to be waiting your entire life for everything.
0: Yeah.
1: And I don't have sympathy for that either. Sorry. I'm at a point now in life where I'm like, that shit's stupid. Stop saying you're waiting to get your shit together before you do something, before you take the next step in life. Yeah. Like, it just, it is what it is. And I'm not trying to pretend like I'm better than thou or that I have my shit figured out and I'm on top of everything. No, that's not the point. I do it in spite of everything else. None of my shit is together. No matter what it looks like on social media, no matter what it looks like when you talk to me, my shit is not together. But I still do the absolute best I can in the situation that I actually care about. So what I hear when people are like, my shit isn't together and I wanna figure it out, it comes off as weak, period. And if you feel some kind of way and that resonates with you, then so be it. I'm not apologizing. Yeah, eat shit. and that's it and i will say this i normally hear it from men so that's why i'm directing this in men sure
0: well because (laughs) i mean it, uh, it sounds also like we need to do an entire episode about dating um and well sometimes it's not even dating i mean this is coming from a dating experience
1: i can own that but like it also is just it happens in friendships it happens with family it's like i just don't i cannot fathom the idea of needing to have something together before you do something else Hmm. because that is not how life works and i hate to break it to everybody that thinks that that's how it works yeah but it's not and if that's shattering a reality for you so be it (laughs) yeah yeah
0: who do we got coming up after the break
1: we're gonna talk to my friend justin justin Pie. um He's a close friend of mine. He was actually my RA in college, funny enough. Oh my God, did not know friends. that. we will probably getting that to a bit, but uh, we're going to come back and talk a bit about what uh, social justice through creativity looks like and also what that looks like when it comes to documentary filmmaking. So stay tuned. Love it. We're back. We're back with Justin Pi. Hey, Justin.
2: Hello, beautiful people. I'm Do so happy he- to be here.
0: Do you guys hear that voice? Can you all just like let that sit for a second? Like, I'm so sorry I just <laughs> met you, but wow, it sounds great in headphones.
2: <laughs> Thankfully, I can't hear it really. So, <laughs> can you just that you all.
1: can you just say? She sells seashells
0: by the sea. Leave her alone.
2: <laughs> Leave her alone. She sells she sells. She...
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs>
2: Perfect. Oh, I, Every love time. It. I love it. How much wood would a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck yes! wood? Very I got you on that one. I got you on that one. <laughs>
1: well everybody welcome our guest for today's episode justin pie um justin is a good friend of mine who funny enough like i said earlier was my ra in college at morehouse college um and here we are all these years later still connected still doing our thing um justin is, I don't, like, I'm going to have you introduce yourself because I feel like you do everything. I know you not just from being my RA, but from being a very close friend of mine when I lived in LA previously, and then also from your uh, document documentary filmmaking work and storytelling work as well. But let us know who you are, Justin. Like, what, who is Justin Pye?
2: I am. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am um, a producer, filmmaker, director. Um, I've done a little bit of everything. Like you said, I kind of went into teaching right after undergrad and then moved to LA freelance, did crazy stuff um, and then ended up in the Bay and after leaving there, I've been in uh, TV and film, mostly television uh, and on the digital side of production, news content, uh, and like some long form television content for the past couple years. And I'm doing it in the midst of the pandemic now, which has Ooh. been really crazy and also kind of cool to see like how the world has adapted to this uh, stay- at home model. So, yeah, it's been a, a crazy, crazy journey, but I'm grateful to have, like, been, you know, in a good seat, if you will.
0: Where are you now? I'm
2: in Atlanta. I just moved okay. from L.A. This I made, like, the biggest move of my la- life, left the home that I know, wow. knew for the longest in my life. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I'm so, 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 so happy to be here.
0: Why? Black Hollywood. Is that why you're here? ATL ho, ATL ho. Forever I
2: love Atlanta. We were just talking about Titty Boy. We were just talking about
0: Titty Boy.
2: (laughs) Yes, I am here for all the tits and all the boys. No. (laughs) Same, same, fully Uh, same. All right. (laughs) But um, yeah, no, I came here because uh, this is where black excellence comes to roots. It's like where black excellence is home at. Like, I just Mm. feel like, you know, We have thrived here for so many ages in so many different ways. And I wanted to be a part of that. I wanted to buy a home. I wanted to do things that were a little bit, um, would be a little bit more difficult in LA. And so, yeah, yeah. here's to a new chapter.
1: Cheers to that. Okay, what, just because we do this with all of our guests, what are the identities that you hold?
2: Sure. So I am a uh, cisgendered Black man. Uh, I identify as omni amoris, um, which is a term I actually, I had to, I guess it was maybe last year, I think I created a chart to try to help find out how I identified because nothing had ever, ever, ever really worked for me. The closest I had ever come was Pan. Um, being pansexual it was like okay that can kind of work but it still didn't so I like literally made a chart with how I could see basically any way someone could define themselves it has like the Greek and Latin prefixes mm-hmm. along with like different suffixes to describe the way in which you attract people or you you know uh, like to you know your attraction style what I call mm-hmm. it and so uh, for me it came down to Omni which is, like, you all, know, means everything. like all, exactly. Um, and the other pan mean is the same thing as omni. One's Greek and one's Latin, obviously. And then amorous, um, for me, it it hinges more upon love than sexuality. For me, that's kind of like the window into intimacy. And so uh, kind of, I guess, like a sapiosexual would, but for me, it's amory.
0: So, yeah. I love that's that. Thank you for offering that and like, that's cool that you were able to find that for yourself and to find that for yourself. I feel like a lot more people are often trying to figure out where they fit. And I think it's really cool that you were like, I fit in the ways that I fit and this is it. Yeah. Yeah.
2: It's it's a real it's I mean I feel like you know it's it's an uphill battle for a lot of people like everybody has their own course but for many of us like you can still find you can land at okay well this is what it is but I don't know how to say it or maybe you don't care about saying it but in some way being able to describe how you view the world how you are attracted um, it, it it can be empowering, and for me, it was mm-hmm. definitely like to be able to say this, even if I have to explain it. It's just like, no, not this, not that, because if not, like people put you in boxes. I've been called everything under the sun for ever, and it's fine. I've accepted all of it. However, you define, like you know, like if it's if it's gay, if it's bi, if it's pan, mm-hmm. if it's you know, like whatever, like as long as you know i'm not fucking straight <laughs> that's like right. the main thing is yeah. please don't confuse me for that but right. other than that you know
0: yeah because no one even in the binary of not no one wants to be like in comparison to like so it's like i'm not going to call myself not straight even though that's what i am because i don't want to be like in comparison to here's these other things that I offer and I find and I love and I experience and I think it often speaks more to the failure of English (laughs) more so than like the actual experiences of human people. Um, I'm wondering, how does that shape your art and how you approach art?
2: For me, it, as a journalist, I was, I was trained as a journalist. I studied English and literature before that, but as a journalist, it's, you're about, it's about being almost invisible and being an observer of the world around you and being able to relay what um, you know is happening somewhere in a place without you know necessarily putting yourself on that. And so for me, my charge has always been to, have these experiences, moments in history, moments in, in our current day lives, be moments that are overlooked by mainstream outlets or be moments that uh, people may not always consider, you know, give the greatest consideration to. And so uh, that's looked like a lot of different things. And I think I come from this position of you know, it's not even, I don't look at it as disenfranchised or whatever, the ways we might want to characterize these types of stories or these groups of people. All of these things have the same value to me. And so I have always chosen to, you know, shine a light on those things. And I guess that's the way I've kind of seen myself in a world, you know, oftentimes overlooked, uh, misunderstood, underappreciated, and, um, I think that's a charge that many of us have, but for me, um, you know, it's people first in everything when it comes to the stories and to how the stories are told um, into the jobs I say yes to, the jobs I say no to, into um, the... uh, Amounts of money the different things that you know you get paid different levels for different things and then you make accommodations for other things in order to tell the story and to be the vehicle for whatever that work is and so it's really being a producer and a director. You have to consider everything and that's really how I operate as a person it's really not just what I do it's an extension of who I am, and so I bring my full self into the room which you know, it, it requires in a lot of ways, advocacy in which you don't really think about advocacy. It's just like existing, um, which I think, you know, many people know if you exist below any margin in this country, you know what it's like to, you know, have to advocate just for your very breath, you know, and it's just like, you know, that's just my life. You don't even think twice about it. Um, but thankfully, I don't have to make that decision about like, you know, what i want to bring into the room because that is now at this point in my career my strength is the ability to you know tell these stories and uh shed light on these communities
1: yeah are there stories that you've helped tell or that you've you know worked with regardless of what the community is that you feel closer to or that you felt like you didn't you didn't realize how close you were to those stories until you were actually telling them
2: That's a very, very interesting and smart question, damn you um I wasn't planning i i thought i, <laughs> I thought you guys were doing the 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 heavy lifting <laughs> yeah. um you know the stories that I often find are the 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 the, the that I I think I relate to the most. I don't know if that, if I I really have that experience um, that you described, Um, because the way I view everything is, I've kind of seen and done it all. And like, I've seen people at their worst, I've seen people at their best. And my job is always the same. And so I think what really pricks me is being able to be a face that is for, for some people a sigh of relief in whatever it is that they're going through. So I've worked on shows where you know we're traveling around the country talking to people about these unknown conditions that are ailing their bodies and no one can give them an answer. It's really great to go into this place and allow these people to tell these stories and to hopefully put them one step closer to finding a cure. That's amazing, but what's even better is when that person is a sister or a brother, is somebody who is black that looks like me, who I can then allow them to be just that extra, have that extra security that they haven't found in the medical industry, that they haven't found, you know, trying to in their search for all of these answers. And so being me in this space is very important in that way because these stories will not be told in this way Were you know, a different person there trying to elicit the answers, the the emotion that drives the narratives that we're trying to tell.
1: Yeah, that's so true. I mean, I'm drawing an immediate parallel with our last episode, which was with B.J. Rudd, and we were just talking about, even in terms of therapy, like you want to find somebody that Nine times out of ten, you want to find somebody that looks like you, sounds like you, that has that similar experience as you, and I feel like what you're saying isn't isn't like a necessary part of your job, but definitely enhances that
2: experience. Absolutely, absolutely. It, I mean, it, it it's it's in everything. You know, I think about it when you know even when I was interviewing Little John, You know, I was going into that interview thinking that this man is about, you know, crunk and what, and yeah. And this man was so sharp and so, his 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 thought process was so innovative. At the time, he was working on like a second school in Africa, he, he already had one. He was doing like other stuff that he wasn't even talking about. Mm-hmm. And, you know, though, so, uh, me being in that space in that moment was really for me, but then I was able to take that story as somebody that grew up on crunk music and flip the narrative from crunk and the mosh pit, these two cultures that people don't even put together to not only mix those together, but to create you know this whole other sense of brotherhood that extended beyond the crunk pit and beyond the mosh pit. Um, and so in order to have that, that, that vehicle and to I mean, to be that vehicle and to make that connection, you got to go through some shit, you mm-hmm. know? <laughs> and so people are like, Oh, that's deep. You know, sometimes when you, you know, are able to break, tear stuff apart or see things in a certain way, and it's not necessarily depth, it's experience.
0: It's experience. And then also being something visually, but also an energy of trustworthiness. You know, and that's something that is, that's a gift that's given to you, which is like a returning of the gift you're offering, which is like, I'm open to your story. You know, like I'm presenting as someone that's not going to judge it. Let's talk about it. Um, What are you working on right now?
2: Right now I'm working on a a number of things. Um, I just wrapped my semester, uh, the fall semester at USC where I am an adjunct professor teaching live news production. And so every day the students produce a live news show uh, which would normally be in their studio but because of COVID we are all remote but they're Mm -hmm. still doing everything. Anyway, just wrap that up. I'm working with a uh, an independent film company. We have some some pitches and some stories that we're we're really excited about. Have some meetings uh, that we're taking that are you know just keeping things interesting. And uh, I'm also producing. I've been. Uh, since throughout the quarantine, working with BET, working on some of their uh, television specials, oh my covering, God.
1: I literally, just made a comment about BET before you came on, but you mm. keep going.
2: <laughs> yeah. So BET News, um, I, I haven't. I, I work on the on in the with the news division, which has been a phenomenal experience because I hadn't worked with the company before, and I. Always have reservations about you know when you work at a new place, but to be able to work with this company during this crazy time mm-hmm. and produce work that was that uh, you know I would stand by has been a great experience. so yeah, I'm just kind of balancing all of the madness of being a freelance creative.
1: Are there any interesting? And I mean being me being black and gay, there's always an intersectionality with mm-hmm. things, right? I think that <clears throat> are there any projects that you've worked on? Are there any is there anything that has come up for you that examines that intersectionality and what what have you taken away from it?
2: You know, I've always sought those opportunities. I think as someone who never saw my story told you know it's something that our generation is very keenly aware of right like what images did you see of yourself as you were coming up that's something that we've all in our work been asked by this point and many of us did not see ourselves reflected you know no matter how how um specific our image may be or even you know we might represent a, a really broad um specter of community um for me, not seeing myself reflected, I it was important to find those stories. And so I have, I mean, when I was a, when I was pursuing my master's at Berkeley, you know, I was actually able to, you know, we kind of choose, you know, you're working on your thesis or whatever. And one thing that I really, really had to unpack for myself was the AIDS epidemic of mm. the of the the late eighties early nineties, um, it's a time period that we all know about. I think it impacts many families in different ways. For, for my family, I lost an uncle who was very dear to me as a child, um, and you know the 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 ripple throughout my family and the reverberations as I grew up. Um, were so perplexing to me, and one way in which I could tackle this, you know, was through my work. Was actually, mm-hmm. you know, do interviews, do research, and uncover what it was like for people that lived through that that moment in history, and 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 how people survived, were surviving, um, and. That was such a a beautiful and kind of um, validating moment for me in the work because I am a lot of the people you know I'm talking to black and brown men in Los Angeles, California, um, and they are in all walks of life you know some are younger some are older some are giving back to the community you know others are figuring out their way and. As someone who had, you know, I was always on the fringes of my identity, not knowing exactly who or what I was, being kind of told what I was, and. Um, always having empathy for other people who may have felt like that. And so to come into this world and to be able to, you know, it's kind of how I approach every story where you come in and you come in naked, but you still have, you can't ignore the fact that you come from a place, you have had experiences, but you don't cast that upon that particular moment, but you can't help how that reflects on you you know how it it impacts you as a person and so um, from moments like that I'm I see myself in everyone in every person that I talk to I think that's maybe the strength of my work and why I do what I do is because you know I I see myself in everyone and in moments um, like that I think you know you're just able to get such understanding and so much more love for the human experience because, you know, um, yeah, I kind of went off the deep end. (laughs) No, it's,
1: it's good. I mean, I, this is, this might be silly to ask, but do you, how difficult is it for you to see yourself in somebody that feels and looks so differently from you. And I say that from a place of where the country is right now and where a lot of people are sort of like, if you voted Republican, I'm not fucking with it. Like, I don't care, like, about the second and the 3rd. And I mean, vice versa as well, right? Like, you have people that are white in the Midwest that, like, if you're black and in an urban area, this is just how I feel about you, period. What is it like approaching those communities or populations or even not even approaching them like just thinking about them like what does that bring up for you and do you see yourself like in those people sometimes
2: i don't think about um these communities or populations (laughs) i'm the type of person where i don't believe in giving energy to forces that aren't working toward um you know my greatness. And so, you know, of course, these things exist, but it's just like, I'm not going to give it any energy. However, um, what I find is that it's easy to to have general dislikes for groups of people and have beliefs about X, Y, and Z. But when it comes down to a person-to-person basis, there is no... Difficulty to see one another because we interact and see these people on a on a daily basis, you know, like this is nothing new. This is nothing new. And so I think that at the end of the day, what we have learned through all of this is that this entire country and the beliefs were based on fear. And that's how, why everyone operates the way that they operate, is a desire to protect one's well-being. I want to protect my life and that of my family's. And so I operate out of fear of everything else that I have been told or may perceive could be a threat to that safety. And so in that way, you know, we can understand why in this system, in a, you know, white, in a white patriotic, not patriotic, I'm sorry, patriarchal society, we can understand, you know, with the structures that have been put in place, why we feel the way that we feel, because we were made to feel this way. Yeah. Um, and you know, I think that that is one thing that has been unfortunately beautiful about this time is that we have you united as people to understand that working for black liberation is working for trans liberation is working for people of all abilities is working for people that you know no matter what your sex is no matter what your gender is no matter what your like if one of us is free then all of us is free and we see that through understanding how patriarchy works you know, is is meant to take all of this, all of these things down, and so whether you know it's you, whether you're hanging the black, you know, throwing the black flag today, the rainbow flag tomorrow, you know, the flag for people that have different levels of ability the next day, the flag for like what whatever it is you you want to mm-hmm. do, like it's all different ways to say that if you're not X,
0: yeah, then you know, yeah. And there's people that have to fly all three of those flags every day, right? Absolutely,
2: at the same damn time.
0: Yeah. And I'm hearing that from, we've said before, and like, some of the ethos of this work is this belief that storytelling is this radical act. It speaks to power, right? And I hear you saying that uh, a lot of your work is kind of thinking about that empowerment and giving that space. And I'm wondering, through the act of sort of like, hmm this art of storytelling, however that looks, I I hear that you've uh, like had it manifest in a few different ways, but this art of storytelling, what gains or growth in your own mental health have you had through these experiences of being a storyteller?
2: Mm -hmm. One thing is that it has given me a sense of gratitude just for everything like you gratitude is the greatest gift it's the ultimate equalizer it is the one thing that is always 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 appropriate it's the one thing that your spirit will always enjoy and always soak up is gratitude it will always propel you wherever you need to go, whether you have a vision or not, gratitude will take you so, 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 so far. And I think all of these interactions with all of these people in various states of their lives, um, dealing with a lot of trauma um, and it just, you know, yeah, it's just really it's given me uh, so much gratitude, which I think is a big part of my health of my 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 self-care practice is staying in a space of gratitude. Um, and the other part of that is, I did not breathe. <laughs> I didn't breathe and I didn't know how to breathe. Two things. So one, learning my craft, when I was first learning how to operate a camera, you know, and I would sit through interviews, I would, you know, make sure that I pressed all the right buttons, that all the switches were selected properly, everything is in focus. And then I would just sit there and hold my breath.
0: Oh my God.
2: I would I hold my breath no. because you're just waiting for your world to yeah. to not crash or to yeah. crash. You know, you're holding on for your life. Every single interview, every story you do, your career hangs on the thread of the weight of whatever it is that you just flew. Yeah. So if you flew a piece of crap, then that's your life, that's your career. Yeah. And we, you know, many of us carry that weight, especially no, no, really no matter in what capacity you work in, but especially if you're working in TV, like live television, you have to make air. If you don't make air, then you put on black, like that, that, that what, what the fuck, like that, yeah. you can't do that. Anyway, I was not breathing. And that, translated into my life. Um, Not only as a journalist, but as a person, like I was used to dealing with so much. Um, I was at one point, I was the senior editorial director for a publication for which I was every single day, constantly looking up black trauma, black suffering, brown people being hurt, trans lives being taken children being dealt an unfair hand constantly every single day i'm looking these stories up telling these stories trying to beat not only beating them of course i'm beating the major outlets to them because they're not paying attention but other outlets began to scoop me because they would find these stories that would before they gained traction i would be there wading through the suffering trying to find the stuff that could have the gravity to get some national attention and to you know whatever And so in the midst of all that, I'm not breathing. Mm -hmm. And so I had to learn how to breathe because my back was hurting, because um, I was not able to put down the weight of these lives, these brothers and these sisters, these young people. You know, I was made for this work, but I didn't know the toll that it would take and how I had to, you know, deal with everything going on. I thought I was fine, but I wasn't. And so in this, um, you know, I learned self-care and I learned mental health and wellness and mindfulness. Um, Even though I used to work in a field where this was a big part of what we did, I had to learn it in a new way. Um, And I use journalism. I use those skills as a vehicle to help, teach me the tools and then provide those tools to an even wider community. Mm -hmm. And so um, I think sometimes, I say all of that to say, sometimes we have to do what we need to do in order to find out what it is that we need to learn how to do to heal ourselves. Word. Mm -hmm. And if what you're doing is aligned with your purpose, it's not too hard. So, like, in being aligned with my purpose, I found out that I wasn't breathing in my life. And I was able to do that as a person and breathe that life into, you know, my professional life, my love life, my life with my friends and beyond and share that with other people, which is the mission of journalism.
0: Hmm. wow we're both just sitting with that I think, honestly, <laughs> yeah i
1: don't even think i have a follow-up i'm yes, just like put your hand over your heart you know yeah. and just...
0: that should be so good shawty oh my god also you i don't know if you could hear this <laughs> but that. blue like let out a deep sigh right after we did <laughs> like he fully was like, he, he also <gasps> did this. <gasps> <breathing> exercise. Whoa. <laughs> that,
2: okay. Yeah. I, I thought I heard a little fart.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very much that. <laughs> oh, hi blue. Get your rest, <laughs>
2: baby. Get your breath.
0: Right. Thank you for offering that. And thank you for bringing up some things around what it means to kind of be this vessel and then have to kind of take care of that vessel when we're removed from the thing and also art as therapy in that we discover what the fuck we're not doing for ourselves, you know, like through this tool of practice, it's like practicing something that is something that teaches us how to bring things into our, in, into other aspects of our life. Cause I'm hearing you name that. It's not just the work. Right. And also LOL about like not breathing while holding a camera. I did, um, I, I did media studies like stuff journalism stuff too and it's like even if it's on a tripod you feel like breathing will like fuck up the shot <laughs> like, yeah like despite the fact that it's like literally sturdy it's like if I if I yeah so I just I definitely identified with it and then also sitting on this couch fully was reminded to take a breath yeah and I appreciate you it's so crazy a
1: how often if you really if you're really aware of it how often you don't breathe like I realize sometimes I'm just like I have been holding my breath for like 45 seconds why
2: You know?
1: (laughs) Like, why have I not breathed? Like, taking a breath, should I say. Mm
2: -hmm. And then to add intention to that, to add to then to realize, okay, recognize your breath and the flow of it, and then to breathe with intention, you know, not to get too crazy, but... I have been able to even like breathe into different parts of my body where yes. you direct the oxygen, like you literally breathe and direct the oxygen into your lower back. You yeah. know, a lot, a lot of times the pain that we feel is off, is a lack of blood flow. What does mm-hmm. our blood carry oxygen? And so like, you know, we can breathe into our own bodies. And I'm not saying that that is like, you know, <laughs> I'm not saying anything because I'm not a medical anybody,
0: but you know,
2: um. <laughs> Doctor Justin, you know what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Call me Uncle Earth (laughs) 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 or Uncle Breath. (laughs) With an F. Oh my God! Um, No, (laughs) (laughs) that's some Atlanta shit. (laughs) (laughs) This drink out of my mouth, get (laughs) off of my podcast. (laughs) 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 Um, But yeah, like no, I think what you said was so key though about practice. Like, I think one thing a lot of our community suffers with is is fear of failure yep. and a real pressure to perform and to be perfect. And sometimes we have to go into things and Practice and exercise and do things. And sometimes you're meant to learn about yourself. You're meant to grow, to push you to the next level. Maybe that project is not going to be the multi million dollar deal. You know, maybe that product is not going to be what becomes, you know, a household product. But what you learn can put you one step closer to that multi million dollar project if that's what your purpose is to fulfill. And so, like, you know, being able to to breathe into the process and to be able to, like, you know, accept what we're intended to learn is um, is is a privilege. I will say it's yeah. a privilege to be able to do that because some people aren't able to see things like that. And that is really unfortunate.
0: Ooh. And also some people aren't able to fail. <laughs> like yeah. if I imagine like me. <laughs> well, I mean,
1: well, I mean, Y'all some... stop talking about me on this podcast <laughs> twice now. You've the fuck out of me.
0: <laughs> I mean that in a couple ways. I mean like in the way of like not knowing how to utilize it or cuz there's like this way of not being able to fail which is like it's not so much that failure breeds success in this way that you have to, like, get through something hard. It's often realizing that failure is not that big a deal. You know, it's like, it's like oh, everyone fucking fucks up. It's fine. But So there's that, not being able to fail and learning that. But there's also this other thing which you're speaking to, which is, like, systemically, fail, you get one shot. So, like, failing is failing, you mm-hmm. know, and, like, different for white people who get to fail up, you know, which is, like, disgusting, but it's, it's there, you know. I feel like I could talk to you for like nine days though but. Yeah I was gonna say I, <laughs> Just
1: your comment Your comments alone Justin I like There's so many directions to go in I mean I wanna do like breath work with you But then I also wanna talk about Like the pressures of black excellence And why we need to fucking get rid of that shit Because it contributes A lot to like the negative sort of just poor mental health sometimes of black people, because we're always trying to live up to this sort of expectation or standard, whether that is literally because like it's life or death or because we are carrying the the ancestors like on our backs, like trying to get us all to the next level. But you bring up a good point, which is to breathe through all of that and realize that it's gonna be okay regardless.
2: And you've gotta Stay come back. grateful. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, thank you all so much. Like this has been like, I've been having a bunch of full circle moments uh, today. I feel like I'm in just like a constant figure eight, like going crazy, but it's the best thing ever. Um, And so, yes, I'm going to enjoy this new moon. I hope you all do the same. And thank you for everything.
1: You're supposed to set intentions on a new moon, right? Yeah
2: yes you can set some intentions uh you can can um decide what you're bringing with you into this uh one of the last quarters of the year whatever you're leaving behind i left something behind last sunday and it really like the next day i was just like yo this is gone i did not anticipate this like Mm -hmm. the the power of like you know our intention whether we're using it for breathing or whatever it is like it's really it's really remarkable. So, mm. yeah, new moon. Oh my goodness! Can you um,
1: can you repeat? What is it? the The tongue twister you started us off with. I just want you to. Talk how much would talk in check, of, like, <laughs> check what? That, how I how need to try the other check one. Check the witch- yeah. Yes. <laughs> what was
2: it? Seashells. Damn it! Yeah. <laughs> she sells about. seashells on the seashore by Seashell- the seashore. Oh. Oh, okay. She, so it's she, she Sells Seashells by the Seashore. There we go. Let's there take a break. She sells <laughs> seashells by the
0: seashore.
1: <laughs> Nailed it. Okay, we're going to take a break and come <laughs> back and take our meds.
0: We're ready to come back again.
1: Welcome back for the final segment or the final two segments, which are Take Your Meds and the Homework. It's time to take some meds. Let's pop some happiness um hmm, who do i want to go first let's start with justin
2: what do you thought long and hard about that i did it was a long (laughs) thought process (sighs) okay so this is for those of us that don't know (laughs) this is something that makes we happy yes something that made us happy in the past week
0: what wait what oh Oh, yes. yes You're a- you're asking what it was. I thought you were telling us, and I was like, like glued in. I'm like, what is it? Yeah. Like, I need to know. Okay. Yeah, sorry. So, so what's something that's making you happy? What's bringing you joy? What's making yeah. you feel grounded? Those types yes. of
2: things. Yes. So we're going to pretend that Sean just said Justin. And Justin. Then, uh, this is me coming in. What you got? <laughs> you know, it's hard out in the single polyamorous streets. <laughs> Justin, you better stop.
0: No, <laughs>
2: no. So can I, I can be really real with you guys, right? Yeah, you know, absolutely. It's you know, just I, the three of us, just no one else. literally nobody you know, else is listening. And blue. Um, yeah, I, I said three me. of us. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I had to make an entire Excel sheet to find out, you know, how I was attracted and all of that stuff. And so, You know i don't even know if i'm poly or whatever but all i know is like yeah love is beautiful and amazing and for the longest time it was something i was kind of like boxed out of experiencing specifically Mm -hmm. with black women um everybody else you know they was ready to gobble up the dick it didn't matter you know we hear How the voice <laughs> were, what color they were you know we know
1: justin
2: every food every loot oh okay
0: <laughs> she said i am hot as shit like do you guys <laughs> no, know? no, no, no. we're just <laughs> but, no
1: we're just gonna we're gonna put mm-hmm. an image of justin up on our instagram okay. and then everybody no, can no, indulge
0: <laughs>
2: this is about what did how... you do to black women <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly exactly this you do? is about how i fucked up yeah all oh, my God. chances no but i think it was just it's it's kind of just like you know the way that we're cultured is just kind of like if you um especially in specifically in like black culture it's just kind of like if you're a man who has ever been breathed on Mm -hmm. by another man you are discarded waste when it comes to you know cisgender black women like you there is nothing that you have to offer them uh besides a trip to the clinic and so um you know i've seen that
0: insecure episode (laughs) you know what i'm saying
2: um so yeah and as we have grown as i have grown and learned and loved um you know I have come to know beautiful people of all walks of everything um, and specifically black women that are not bound by you know these notions of you know mm-hmm. what it means to experience love with a man and um, yeah, that is something that makes me very happy to to uh, have someone in my life that like you know i'm really enjoying the company of and getting to know and not feeling limited um feeling powerful and limitless and happy and promising and so yeah you know i am grateful for love and acceptance outside of the lines That is one thing that has made me happy. That so was, people, sorry if that was too much for you guys. No, it was great. <laughs> wow. So
1: No, it's perfect. So when people DM us about you, we shouldn't send you the DMs because...
0: We'll just tag you. It's yeah, fine. we'll tag you. It's fine. Well, all I know is, is that if you end this thing, you better not say it's not you it's me because shawnee will personally fly swear, to atlanta to murder you <laughs> i will
1: i will i will risk my life to come scream at you if you ever tell somebody it's not you it's me if i hear anybody i'm fine to. You per- <laughs> She's on one it doesn't week. even matter on listeners one. if you say that to somebody i will find out where you live and i will book a ticket and i will be there to scream at you the second that you say it and then i'm gonna come back home but
2: what if it's the truth
0: See, I tried, and it's See, not what she's hearing today. So am not hearing it today. To today it's Maybe not try coming. it in 2021. I might be on another wave. You know, but
1: right it was now, just, like,
2: just does not work. <laughs> I thought we were in the same book mm-hmm. in different chapters, but it turns out we're in different libraries. So yeah, I just, oh, there we go. There all we go. across
1: town, honey. I'm uptown. Where you at?
2: <laughs> you know,
0: and you're in Barnes and Noble. <laughs> and, and,
1: oh, honey, no. Other, you know, I'm at the I'm at the county library. I will That's say okay. to your point
0: though that Shawnee was saying that. The sentiment can be true, but the phrasing is a lack of accountability and not truth. There and that's know. what it's, that's the pissing. Well, you it know, comes you off, know men. it comes that's off, it comes off like accountability. I, sh- that's what Don't she said. I know it. Okay. I, we cl- get it. Your friends. We get it. <laughs> Just wait till I get to my meds.
1: I'm going to tell you my meds in a second. Actually, no. Maddie, you go first. What's your meds?
0: Um, Truthfully, I've been having a great afternoon with you. It's being here.
1: <laughs> you better stop it. Okay. You don't actually really?
0: Yeah, that's my maths this week. I'm hey, having a great time. Yeah.
1: I was very good to see you. I love you very much. I love you too. Thank you for coming over despite me wanting to not have anybody over right now. She Um, said,
0: I'm mad. Make this quick.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I literally text Maddie like, we got to record today, but like, I'm in a mood, so we need to make this snappy.
0: (laughs) Um, And we're having a great time. Here we are,
1: smiling. I am smiling right now, everybody, but that does not change the fact that my mess this week is, I just decided that I'm going to be a fuck boy. I don't care, and I'm excited about it.
0: That's good. I've been telling you to do that for a long time. (laughs) You have, actually.
1: Maddie is my biggest advocate for becoming a fuckboy, and I've just been like not doing it because I think I'm a better person than that. But you know what? I am a better person than that, and I'm still deciding to do it because y'all don't deserve the best Sean. I've just learned
0: that, honestly. I mean, (laughs) I feel like everyone deserves the opportunity... To Y'all don't know what to do with it. you don't know what to around, do with it. Have some fun. I think that you're the type of person that can still do that ethically, which is just by saying, I'm here to play around. I'll see you later. Like, there that's fine. Go. That's and fine. That's yeah, what you I call
2: mean... a fuckman. A
0: fuckman. <laughs> a, fuckman. <Yes. laughs> a fuckman. All yes, right, fuckman. my
1: friends this week are this officially
2: week. that I learned a new term,
1: which is fuckman. And that's what I'm going to be. I'm going to look up in
2: Webster's. <laughs> you know, well, he is one who communicates thereby lessening the intent of his fuckery yeah. because it still might be a little fuckacious however yeah. the fact that he has communicated said functiousness yeah. he is then allowed a lesser level of fuck nation yes. you know what all right so
1: listen i'm gonna quit the podcast justin or bj is just gonna replace me because at this point two guests have come on that are doing better than i am right now so maddie even- are you okay with having a new guest
0: A new guest? I I love guests. A new host. That seems sad to me, but I'll let you do what you need to do. You'll get over it. It's
1: fine. (laughs) Joking. All right, y'all. Let's close out the meds. Um, Let's get into the homework, which I'm excited about because I feel like it's one of those things that our, our friend Carlos is calling right now. Um... It's one of those things that I feel like we've talked about a lot, but I want you guys to actually do it this time. So pull out those trusty notebooks, journals, whatever. Um, We are going to practice a gratitude journal because I feel like we've talked about gratitude. Justin has talked about it today. I always ask you guys to journal, but I've never asked you to actually, like, write down what you're grateful for. So, and we're actually going to make this, like, a practice now. So... Um, pull out your journal. I want you to write down three to five things. I hope you make it to five, but sometimes it's just three for the day. And that's what it is. Write down three things that you are grateful for or that you can pay gratitude towards today. And then I want you to do that every single day until you hear our voice again on this podcast in a week. So, um, to that point, this is something I need to do better at because I sort of fell off of that train half a year ago and I need to pick it back up but hearing Justin talk about sort of the the impact that paying gratitude has on your life and how that spills over into just about every aspect of your life um and sort of uh propels you forward and throttles you is something that I want to pick up again and I think that all of us as listeners can learn to do again especially as we go into the winter America being in the state it is right now and then all of us sort of being fed up with whatever it is that we're dealing with at the moment I think we can all still find something day after day that we are grateful for And even if that means like me today where it was just like listen I woke up every day this week and I'm alive and that is all I really have the gratitude for at the moment That is okay I'm not judging you if that's the most that you can do at the moment because we are all at different places right now in life And I'm not expecting everybody to be in a super 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 grateful place place but you can at least appreciate the fact that you woke up today or that i don't know like your dog came and greeted you at the bed which is what my dog did this morning so i want us all to sit down write down three to five things that you're grateful for and let's let's keep that up for the next seven days
0: and those things get easier with practice which is another thing that we've been thinking about yeah justin what you got if i could add one thing to
2: that it would be that the best time to do it is when you first wake up in the morning. Yeah. Mm -hmm. As soon as you wake up, you know, you just kind of roll over, grab a little sip of water and grab that journal and, you know, be inspired by what you are grateful for when you wake up in the morning. Mm -hmm. And that will carry you
0: throughout your day. Yeah. It's a good way to start the day. I love
1: you said that because I usually do it before bed, but maybe I'll try it in the morning this time because I haven't done that.
0: Both can be true.
2: Yeah. Both um Mm -hmm. ho.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> oh my god um, thank you for being here today it's been a pleasure having you here and uh, offering breath and laughter I really appreciate it
2: such a pleasure thank you all for the work that you're doing and I look forward to enjoying this and many more
0: we're yeah. at 30 this is our 30th episode you join us
2: for our 30th episode yeah come through three three centennial it's a,
1: okay. yep
0: you're You a can follow us on Instagram and Twitter <laughs> at QBT Pod. And be sure to leave us a five star review. Share us with your friends. Tell everyone about us. Uh, and um... if you want to make my week better because it's at an all
1: time low, share this podcast with your friends. And that will make me feel better. I'm just guilting
0: y'all into doing things at this point. We forgot to talk about Instagram being trash, but Instagram's trash. It's always trash. I know, but that update <laughs> sucks so much. Okay, bye. <laughs> See you guys later. Love y'all. Peace. hmm
2: Trying to talk slick. All up in my ear and shit. <laughs>